Hello, folks, and welcome to another episode of On My Mind. I'm Shelley Griffith, and today I'm extremely excited to have a dear friend with me on the program, Carol Varnador Abersoul. We've been friends a good while, and she's going to talk about a lot of very interesting things. But before we get into that, I want to give her a shout out because when I started this podcasting about four plus months ago, I sent Carol and my family a demo of a rather dry podcast on high blood pressure. She got back to me, and I'm very grateful, saying, no, I don't care for this at all. I need conversational Shelley. And it really started, folks, for any of you all who wish to do uh, podcasting, radio shows, or whatever, it's extremely important to know that you must be talking to your audience as if they're the only ones in the room. And she pointed that out. She wanted to be just like I'd be talking to maybe a patient in the office or a dear friend in conversation. Carol, I can't thank you enough for that because I think we've had a great time. I hope I am doing better. And she is an excellent person to let me know how I'm doing, and I appreciate it greatly. But welcome to you to be on the podcast today. Well, thank you. I have to admit that I agonize over whether I should tell you that it needs to be more conversational or not. But I thought, no, you sent it to me, should be honest, and that's what I'm going to do. No, that was great. And uh, tremendous help. And my producer, Jack Allen, loves it. <laughs> so we're, we're just going to keep pressing on until something else changes. But, well, I think you've done a great job. Well, I appreciate that very much. Tell us and, and our listeners, Carol, uh, as I do with a lot of my folks that I get to interview and have the great pleasure, of especially having friends, tell us some about your background, where you were born, raised, etc. Oh, my goodness. I was born in Texas City, Texas. And my parents moved uh, pretty soon after that to Indiana. So I lived pretty much the first 11 years of my life in northern Indiana, just right outside of Chicago. And then um, my dad got transferred to Oak Ridge, Tennessee, and that's where I consider myself a Tennessee girl because both of them were from Tennessee. And uh, the grandparents were there and all that. So I, I uh, grew up, I went to middle school and high school in uh, Tennessee and then uh, came on to Tennessee Wesleyan for a freshman year and graduated from the University of Tennessee in Knoxville. And career choices are, are always very interesting. But as as you began looking at a career, and friends, let me tell you that she uh, has a marvelous singing voice, uh, just outstanding. She's going to tell you more about some of that. But as you got into career choices at uh, University of Tennessee, what brought you to the final uh, step? I had always loved music, and uh, it just didn't seem to be like there was anything else for me to be but a music teacher. And so that I got my degree in music ed and uh, played the piano and sang and directed some choral and had a wonderful time with middle school and high school kids. Do you still play the piano just no, for fun? No, my eyesight has gotten really bad, so I don't play much, but I still love it, and uh, I love to listen to it, and um, I sit down at it every now and then. Good. And tell us now, uh, as, as you got the degree, 
did you move around some after you got your degree and began teaching and doing I that? I did. I went up into the mountains of Appalachia, into Oneida, Tennessee, and taught at Huntsville High School, where they had never had a music teacher. And uh, we had an old beat-up piano, grand piano, and they had never done a live concert of any kind. The, my classroom was on the stage in the gym, and I had a, bullet, uh, a blackboard that was so rickety that I had to have a student hold each side of it to keep it up uh, so it wouldn't fall on one of us and kill us. Uh, so I wrote a whole Christmas program, and then I had somebody come in and do a program, the last day of school, the piano fell to the ground. Oh, my. That was great timing. That was great timing. Oh it held up until oh. graduation, and that was the end of that. And you didn't... And then I went to Cleveland High School, Cleveland, Tennessee, junior high and high school, and uh, taught music and drama there. And that's where I met my husband. Then he got transferred to Atlanta, so that's where we spent 42 years. Now, was he in the music field at all? Oh, absolutely not. He could hardly carry a tune in pocket. Uh, he did like to listen to music, but he was a mechanical engineer and uh, had gone to the University, I mean, uh, Virginia Tech. Uh, we met on a blind date, <laughs> and uh, we got married six months later, and it worked wow. out well. Wonderful. And then your children. Tell us about yes, the kids. Yes, we had three children. Um, we had, first of all, a surprise set of twin daughters. <laughs> uh, we had one born, and then, oh, look here, here's another one. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, two and a half years later, my, my son Brandon was born. <laughs> and uh, they are all now grown and have children of their own. I have four grandchildren. And uh, they're all great people. They live in the Atlanta area. Good. I now have retired to Florida. Well, that segues into uh, one of the biggest stories that I want you, obviously, to share with our listeners. How uh, the, the, I guess, the career itself got started when you were in the uh, Atlanta area with the children's book, etc., Take us forward. Okay. Um, after everybody grew up, and we were very involved parents and always making costumes and playing the piano and directing the singing and volunteering and making, I don't know, hundreds of thousands of brownies and <laughs> <laughs> just all that stuff, um, I just felt lost after everybody got married and left for college. And so I was sharing, I was really depressed. And I was having a few health issues and uh, unbeknownst to us, our CPA was skimming the money off of our thing. So we were like working real hard, but we're not making any money and we couldn't understand why. And I was very depressed and I was sharing that with my oldest twin daughter, Shanda. And I said, Shanda, I'm just miserable. And I feel like I've raised three wonderful children, and you all are good, you know, citizens and uh, good Christians, and uh, I think my work here is through. And she said, Mom, come on, you got a grandson to, uh, to love on and to raise, and 
And I just looked at her, and then she said, you're such a good writer. Why don't you write a book? You've always been a good writer. I said, I, Shanna, I don't have anything to say. I'm just, I just don't know what to say. The bookshelves are full of, people, of books that people won't read. And there was my little elf on the shelf, sitting on a shelf in my kitchen, where we were having a cup of tea. And she looked up, and she said, Mom! Why don't we write a book about our elf tradition and share it with the world? Mm-hmm. And I, like, like I was a teenager, I rolled my eyes and said, Shanda, nobody would want to. And I heard that little still small voice inside of me say, say yes. <laughs> and so I went, okay. And God was so gracious, he gave me the first line of the book, and we started writing it right then. So uh, I named it The Elf on the Shelf because that's where the elf was when we started. We sat and worked on that for several weeks. We sent it off um, our little 28-page poem to several book agents, and we got nothing but uh, rejection letters, except we got one call from a pretty well-respected agent in New York, and she said, I usually never open my own mail, but nobody's here today. I get 50,000 submissions a year, and something just drew me to your packet, and I love it, and I think it's going to be a success, and I've never been wrong. And we were really, really excited. And so she tried her best to sell it, and nobody would take it. Nobody. Because I I said we had to have it with the elf, because that's how the whole thing worked, the book and the elf, and you needed to package it together. And the publishing companies were like, is it a book? Is it a toy? What is it? We don't know what it is. No, thank you. And so she called us back and said, I really feel in my heart that you need to self-publish. I think this is going to be a big success, and I think you need to self-publish it. And so we said, oh, my goodness, we don't know anything about self-publishing. So we went on a whole uh, learning curve about uh, paper stock and fonts and inks and all kinds of things, and we had to have the elves uh, approved by Santa and that was a whole new thing. And then we had to have a package designed, and it all came together. And we, uh, my husband and I, cashed in our 401k. My daughter Shanda, who had helped write the book, um, backed out all of her credit cards. And my other twin daughter, Krista, who was an on-air hostess for QVC, sold her house and invested in and joined us and we were all either going to sink or swim and we had a book signing launch at the Marietta Museum of History in uh, Marietta, Georgia and we invited everybody we've probably ever known in our lives (laughs) from kindergarten on up and we sold about 300 and we still had 4,700 left to sell and we were like, what are we going to do with these? Uh, we're going to be parked on the edge of the road with our trunk up going, hey, little boy, do you 
want to know how Santa knows if you're naughty or nice. And um, we finally talked our way into the one of the Christmas markets for the Junior League. And they turned us down three times, but we talked our way in, and we were the head of the show. And ever since then, it had just been word of mouth. So we were uh, we were blessed. That little that little voice, uh, I believe, was the Holy Spirit, and and uh, let us let our footsteps. Well, and I know you told me some pieces of the story, and a few of these things I did not know. That is amazing, and then. I assume, Carol, you went, once it began selling, you went with a company or you stayed no, together we, and self-published? You still all these years later. It now, what year was that? That what? was 2005 when we first launched. Five, okay. And um, we traveled all over the country selling our books and in Christmas bazaars and stuff like that. And then a lot of mom and pop stores started carrying us and then the hallmark stores got involved and they uh, really kicked us over and one thanksgiving uh jennifer garner the actress was Mm -hmm. photographed in new york city holding one of our books by a paparazzi and it got published and that was like a tipping point for us and i've never met her but i'm so grateful to her for that, the uh, people started calling and and finding out what it was, and and the only way that we uh, took money then was through PayPal, and we did everything online, and PayPal cut us off and shut us down because we had so much business going on. They thought we were selling drugs. Oh, <laughs> oh. So we oh. had to um, we had to talk our way out of uh, that thing with PayPal. Oh, and then one Saturday morning on the Today Show, they did a little bit about us, and we didn't know they were going to do it. And we were totally unprepared. And they said that up on the shelf, and this is how it works. And the phone started ringing off the hook, and it was on a Saturday morning. I was in Greenville, South Carolina, trying to sell books. Shanda was in California trying to sell books. Chris was headed for the office and the warehouse guy was answering the phone and saying, up on the shelf, will you hold please? Up on the shelf, will you hold please? And so we had to call in my Sunday school class and they all came in and answered and took uh, orders over the phone. And we called them uh, ERP, Elf's Emergency Response Team. And they were so helpful and gracious. And so it was a real team effort there. Oh, I love that. That is awesome. Now, at that point then, all of you all, you and the daughters, totally involved. Right. uh, And and you've been many, many places, many, many shows and so forth. And then take our listeners through some of these next steps where, uh, uh, well, let's go back one step. How, How do the elves on the shelf work? Take them through what, what uh, they need to be doing. Okay, we have some in stores that Santa sends. Those are adoption centers where you adopt an elf. Or you can order them online. The elf does not speak to children because its job is to watch and to listen. 
every night it flies back to the North Pole and gives Santa the report of what the children have been doing for the day. Then the next morning, it's in a new place. So the children have to find where it is. And they're not supposed to touch it because that, uh, you know, you might lose the Christmas magic there. So usually they come out uh, around Thanksgiving or December 1st. It's about a 30-day thing. They go back to the North Pole uh, with Santa on Christmas Eve. And uh, they come back the next year. Okay. I mean, that's an important point for you listeners who... I can't believe you wouldn't have heard of Elf on the Shelf, but if you haven't, this is a very important point, and it has to be done. I have four granddaughters, ages 8 through 26, who have all had the the wonderment of Elf on the Shelf, and it's just it's been a real, real treat, and for me to learn as well. Now, it's not just about a book. It's not about an elf. Share with our listeners where you've gone from there with the the animals and the Macy's Parade and these kind of things. Oh, well, you know, what we did was we, one of our taglines was start a new tradition today. And we think that tradition is very important because in this ever-changing world where things change overnight, it gives children a sense of security because the elf always comes on whatever day you choose, December 1st or the day after Thanksgiving or whatever it is, that's the day it should come every year. And it follows them like to grandma's house or goes on vacation or whatever else. And it's very um, comforting. We've found that many children with autism really take to it mm-hmm. and, and love it. And so that's good. We were sitting around one day and... Santa said, how will we know that we are a success? And Santa said, we'll have a balloon in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. And we all went, yeah, sure, that'll happen. Chris uh, said, we'll have our own cereal. And I said, we'll have a musical. And all of those things have come to pass. And when that balloon... On New, in New York, passes all those publishing houses. We just kind of wave and smile <laughs> and say, thanks a lot for turning us down. <laughs> because it worked out so much better oh for us to have complete control over what they do and how they are marketed and whatever. We have expanded the line a lot we had we had a birthday book where the elf would come back on your birthday and had a cupcake outfit. We have now Scout Elf helpers. Our Scout Elves are the ones in the red and the white. We have clothes for them. It's called Claus Couture. I made the first skirt on my sewing machine. And uh, we just, we did everything ourselves, packaging, shipping, everything. It's grown now to where we are the southern tip of the North Pole in Atlanta. (laughs) We have about 100 employees. We do our, we, let's see, we, we came out with an animated special that we all wrote together. And that was broadcast on NBC for several years, and now it and three other animated specials are broadcast on Netflix during Christmas time. 
those those are outstanding and my grands absolutely adore those. Yeah, I'm the voice of Granny on one of them, so I'll be the grandma forever, I guess. <laughs> it's okay. It's all right. Great, great. And now you were telling me you have retired. Right. So the girls pretty well are running it now with oh, the employees. Oh, yeah. The girls run it. Uh, they are co-CEOs, Shanda and Krista. Shanda handles more the creative side new product development. Krista handles the business side, and it works out really, really well. And we do have a president of the company, and he's he's pretty special. He's he's a great guy. Good, good. He started out as our attorney and uh, worked his way up, so. And you really have no position for an old beat up southern retired OBGYN, is that correct? No, no, they don't have any even a position for an old beat up mother beater. <laughs> so we're both out of a job. We're both out of a job. Oh man. Now are you allowed to say anything about maybe this next Christmas? Will there be something new coming or we don't do that yet? Um well, I'm we don't not really sure with the new things. There's always new clothes, and there's always new um, ideas. Uh, we have we have a whole set of pe- stuff for people who like to set up scenarios for their elves to do. Uh, we've got help for that. Uh, we have a set of board books for little children that we came out with. We also have videos that we do, and they're fun and uh, entertaining, and there's some other big things in the works that will probably be out, probably not this year, but next year. Okay. We won't reveal that yet. We're, We're okay. Now, let me ask you this, because we have seen, and I know you all have too, these Facebook postings of the portal layoffs in different scenarios right. you know and, and you know what i'm talking about different do. things does that bother you and the girls in any way or it's just no, a free you know, country I, or? I was never that creative our elf just came and went to and from the north pole and they had to find him every day and that was exciting enough but some of these parents are so creative but I say, when you first start out, be kind to yourself because each year you think you need to talk yourself and it gets more and more difficult as the children age. I always say that Santa is such a gentleman. He will send a calm and peaceful elf to your house if that's the way your house runs. Oh. But if your household is chaotic and fun and they pull uh, practical jokes on each other and everything, then that's the type of elf that he'll send to you. Okay. Well, I just remembered seeing, gosh, two, three years ago, they had one little elf in, in one of the Facebooks had splints on, on the legs, the yeah. arms, and said that he had fallen down the steps and hurt himself and all this kind of stuff. And I thought, Goodness, and I just didn't know how that registered with you all. But like you say, if it's creative and and not, you know, any other situation. Well, I've always said, and it says on the book, actually, to make it your own. So whatever works for your family and the name that you choose. It doesn't get its magic until it gets a name. So it can't fly until you name it and adopt it into your family. That's what makes it. 
it gets magic. Once it's named, then it can fly back and forth. Okay, that makes sense. Now, share with us some unusual names you may have heard from from folks who have bought the product. Well, there's lots of buddies and elfies and elfus and elphaba. <laughs> there's also some fun ones. Um, one was named John the Baptist. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then there's another one uh, that was named um, Captain Oreo. And people were like, I don't know where these kids get these names. They just come up with them. And when I named my elf, I just came up with it. His name is Fisby. And uh, I don't know where I got it, but that was just his name. <laughs> so uh, I guess Santa just must uh, tell you what your elf's name is. Well, that's, and it's interesting. You're right, as I've had friends and in my own family when they come up with these kinds of names, but... Uh, Captain Fiddlesticks comes to oh, mind. That's a good one. <laughs> I mean, but, but what joy that you all have brought to so many people and will continue to bring because your daughters are young and, and they still enjoy doing this. You say you have a president of the company and branching out and tons of employees. So you try each, let's be sure, each season. Yes. To make sure that that uh, whatever orders are placed, that they get to the the dealers, retailers, or whoever. To the adoption centers. To the adoption centers, right. By the end of November, first uh, edition. they ask. Usually it's by the end of October. Oh, October. Okay. To get them in place. I got place. you. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, as you point out, Christmas Day, Christmas Eve, they're right. gone back. They go back. And, and that's it. Uh, and do you find anybody saying that they keep their elves around beyond Some that? Some people do. Some people ask Santa for permission to keep them, and he graciously allows it. Or if there's something special happening, the book doesn't say at Christmas time, it says at holiday time. And so I have told people, make up a holiday if you need one. Or if the child is going in for an MRI, sometimes they've asked, can Fisby come back for that to show Santa that I was good when I had my test done? And so uh, it's whenever you need your elf to come back, Santa is a gentleman, and uh, he allows it usually. Good. Well, our own eight-year-old, I don't remember if I told you, but she was having a tonsillectomy. Uh, on December 29th, mm-hmm. and daughter and son-in-law said, absolutely, he can stay right. through this procedure. And uh, a number of days later, as she was recovering, so right. that that makes sense. And then it was a real treat for her as oh, well really? to do that. Absolutely. Now, in, in this whole process, uh, and I'm delighted to hear you say that staying within your own business because as you're well aware and I don't want to deviate a lot but so many businesses get to point B get a big offer sell out and then to me uh, around here this has happened in Athens blah 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 and you look and say wow can you hang on and it certainly seems like it's not a problem for you all to stay you know self-centered with this yeah we went for three and a half years without a paycheck 
Wow. And that was uh, that was interesting. <laughs> uh, we did come up with plushy pals who are elves that you can actually touch and play with oh. and can stay with you all year long. Okay. And sleep with and uh, and so that satisfies some people. But yeah, we've we've kept it within the family and yeah. like it that way. I'm I'm delighted for you all and certainly for any of us who look at at businesses changing, especially in my medical career, how many times some hospital rolled in, bought us out, did something else, and things changed. But no, that's awesome. Now, from the standpoint, let's deviate just a little. You have still been able to be in some productions that you enjoy over the years. Yes, yes. And and take us into some of that, the things that you enjoy. Oh, my goodness. I got my music ed. Right. As we discussed, I have been uh, very involved in community theater, probably done 25 shows or more, and had lots of fun with that, made wonderful friends, and that's been a really great hobby for me. Um, I got to be Mrs. Potiphar in <laughs> Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. That was fun. It's oh, always man. fun to be the villain. They always get the best parts. And I was Mrs. Peru in The Music Man. Wow. I was in My Fair Lady. Let's see. What else? Fiddler on the Roof. Did you sing in all of these? Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, your voice is beautiful, but I didn't know if you were singing or just acting, but you're singing. Singing and acting. Uh-huh. Are you in a church choir or any of that kind of stuff? Well, I think right now there are so many praise teams instead of just a church well, choir. That's true. That's true. Uh, so I'm a little older than that. <laughs> <laughs> you, mean, you, you, don't wanna, you don't want to play the drums in a praise no, team. I, uh, I mean, I like oh, to sing along, but I, I, I don't want to be leading it. I know. That is an interesting change uh, that I had to get used to with my oldest daughter, Lauren, that you've met and her husband. They were in praise team in Maryland and first time that my wife and I attended I said is this going to really be what the music is all about and then we were fine I love the music part of it but no that's correct now what does what does Carol want to do now that you're you're retired uh you stay as busy as possible but do you have some immediate goals that you're looking at you know I really enjoy talking to young entrepreneurs and giving them some advice, especially people who are trying to break into writing and literature. Uh, Self-publishing is so much easier now than it was 20 years ago. It's just, it, it fires me up to be able to talk to these people and tell them what I know, which is precious little, but it was certainly more than I knew when we started out. Well, I, yeah, you, you and I have been friends, and I can tell you, please don't say yourself short. You know a ton for many, many reasons. But so speaking to the young people individually, maybe teaching a course where you live, right. that kind of stuff. Um, I have a friend who's trying to get me to open up a little company, actually, okay. uh, where I mentor those who are interested. Uh, I do have two or three young ladies and one gentleman 
who have products. Um, I can't really legally know what they're doing, but I can give them some advice. And, uh, you know, about reserving their, uh, their internet websites and anything that sounds like it, anything that's close, if you can misspell the words or if it's, uh, close to it because sometimes people say elf on a shelf and it's elf on the shelf. So, and to protect yourself legally, you may take everything you can to protect yourself to copyright and uh, trademark and, and all that. So it's quite a process. Would you consider at some point writing your own, uh, and I don't like the word memoir so much, makes it sound like we're all past due or whatever, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, but this story is so remarkable. Sharing it is wonderful. But would you consider now putting some time in to actually write a story about well, you know, it for my these other people? daughters have been trying to get me to do that for years. So we're on the same page so with your daughters. Okay. And they say there are a lot of people, especially uh, women who were like I was in the empty nest world, because mm-hmm. I was in the mid-50s before I started uh, Elf on the Shelf. And so, you know, you can't give up. That's my advice is you just can't give up. One thing that I tell people is you set the goal, and that's non-negotiable. But the way you get there, you need to allow God or faith or whatever you believe in to direct your steps. Because I can put an address in my GPS and it'll give me three different ways to get to the same spot. And sometimes you're taken on what you think is a wild goose chase, but really you learn something or um, you gather some information that you would not have had if you had gone straight through your own plan. Oh, that's excellent. Excellent. Well, I could just see that coming out to help so many people uh, to do that. And it's it's super, I know, to, to talk to these folks individually, but then... Uh, as my youngest daughter says, don't ever be afraid to take a step that scares you. Well, that's true. And fortunately, you know, Scripture talks about a three-fold cold, a three-fold cord. I'll get that out in a minute. Is not easily broken, and there were the three of us. And so, when one would get really down, the other would, the other two, and our husbands, I have to say, were really on board. Yeah. Would would encourage, and so you get somebody who will encourage you not to give up, but don't give up your dream. Well, and that's that's an excellent point. I have tried to do the same thing with people who want to go into the medical profession. They listen to a lot of doctors, sadly, whining and complaining about different things. And I've tried to stay very encouraging if you're called to do that, uh, that that God brings you into that realm, do it. Don't don't take a step back. And then just like me with podcasting, my, my dear friend Jack Allen says, I want you to podcast. I'd listen to one podcast in my life. Well, I was writing a column, as you know, for a while. And I thought, now ah, let's try something different. And his selling point was great for me, as I've told you. If I can get one person on a medical podcast or this podcast to listen, pay attention, develop something they want to do, that's your pay. We don't do it for money. Uh, and you realize, wow, how, how exciting. And don't be afraid to take a step 
forward to do something you might not feel comfortable with. Do we make mistakes? Of course. There may sure. be something wrong with any of these things. But that's great advice that, that you don't give up. So, uh, and, and I'm going to get you back on another one. And maybe we'll learn how to do remote, or I'll just drive to you and we'll do it down there. Well, so, I'm waiting for you to do I know, I know. We got to get down there and do this. But what what do you have to say to the listeners today on this episode, Carol? That kind of is on your heart about most anything. Put you on the spot. I think developing your own family traditions is an extremely important. And because, like I said, it helps children feel more secure. And because some things just don't change. This is the way we've always done it. And this is the way we do it. And this is the way my children will do it. And that, that passes down a legacy. It's wonderful. I would say, again, don't give up on your dream. You may have to modify it some. Mm-hmm. But don't cast in stone the way that you think you're going to attain it. God, man plans his way, God directs his steps. So just remember that. I don't know. That's pretty much what I have to say. Well, it's been a super treat to have you on the program today. You will be back at a future time. I will give you a heads up warning. Okay. <laughs> so, but it's been delightful. And folks, like I say, if you never have heard of Elf on the Shelf, you need to get a grip on your life and get get with the program and, and talk to your retailers, go online, whatever it takes, and be sure and start, as Carol says, a wonderful family tradition that will be there forever and ever as a legacy and as you pass that on to your children and grants. And as I say to all of you all, uh, at the end of every episode, I hope you have a safe and healthy day, and I'll see you a little further up the road.